Hello and welcome to episode number 16 of the Lunch Table Talk podcast. In today's episode, I'll be continuing my segment from last week's episode, episode 15, and giving you guys my top 25 through 1 offensive NFL players from this past NFL season. I guess we'll get right into it, seeming as this is the only segment for the day. So, starting at number 25, I have Mike Evans. In 13 games this year, Evans had 67 receptions for 1,157 receiving yards, 8 receiving touchdowns, and 17.7 yards per reception. It's very impressive stats for having a quarterback with 30 interceptions and another wide receiver alongside him that put up insane stats. He was a pro bowler. Um, Evans did kind of disappoint me because he was my second round draft pick in fantasy this year, and I wasn't happy with his consistency, and then... After the week, he didn't get a single catch or yard. I traded him for some bum, so. It's whatever. Um, gonna try to stay away from him next year in fantasy. At number 24, I have Dalvin Cook. He had 250 attempts for 1,135 rushing yards, 81.1 yards per game, and 13 rushing touchdowns, which put him top four in the league. He also had 519 receiving yards. He was a pro bowler. Um, I haven't been someone who was really high on Dalvin just because of his first few seasons. He couldn't seem to stay away from the injury, but um, watching him this season was nice um, to be able to see what he was um, capable of um, when he was fully healthy. At number 23, I have offensive tackle Laramie Tunsil. He played 14 out of 16 games this year and 915 snaps. He does need to cut down on the penalties, but when he's not fouling, he's an absolute freak of nature. He was a pro bowler this year despite all the penalties, and it's funny to think that this guy was the same guy that smoked weed through a gas mask on draft day a few years ago, and now he's considered a top five offensive tackle in the league. At 22, I have Teron Armstead, who played 15 out of 16 games this year, which is a career high for him. He had five holding penalties, but all other penalties combined, he only had one. So maybe work on the holding a bit, but six total penalties all year isn't bad at all. He also only allowed one sack on 597 pass blocking snaps. He was a pro bowler, and him, McCoy, and Ramchick are a great trio working in front of Breeze. At 21, I have center Marquise Pouncey, who was my number one rated center this year. He played 13 games this season and only committed three penalties. So if he played 16, he probably would have had about four, which four is not bad at all. He was a pro bowler, and his brother Mike Pouncey was on my honorable mentions list. Number 20, I have George Kittle. Despite missing two games, Kittle racked up 85 receptions, 1,053 receiving yards, 12.4 yards per reception and five touchdowns and a 79.4 catching percentage and in the playoffs he had eight receptions 71 yards and four first downs he was a pro bowler a first team all pro tight end and he also had the most yards run per route amongst tight ends with 3.12 another one of my favorite players just because of his personality and he can get it done on the field and on my fantasy squad as well love to see it 
At number 19, I have Travis Kelsey, my number one rated tight end this year. It's so close between Kittle and Kelsey that I just had to put them back to back. Um, he had 97 receptions, 1,229 1, 1, receiving yards, 12.7 yards per reception, and five touchdowns. In the playoffs, um, he had 19 receptions, 207 yards, and four touchdowns, and a 86.4 catching percentage. He was obviously a Super Bowl champion and a Pro Bowler this year. Could have been an All-Pro tight end for Kittle, but it's really close. If he did make the team, it would have been an impressive trio of Pro Bowler, All-Pro, and Super Bowl champion. Not sure how many players have done that. Um, I'm trying to think if any Patriots players did that. Brady probably. Actually, no. Mahomes was the All-Pro quarterback last year. So it wouldn't have been Brady. Um, Gilmore didn't really show up until this year. I'm not sure. I'll have to look into it. Anyway, at number 18, I have Zach Martin. He started every game this year in 99% of offensive snaps. He only committed two penalties. He was a Pro Bowl selection and an All-Pro selection. He allowed zero sacks on 630 pass-blocking snaps. He's been a powerhouse since his rookie season and shows no signs of stopping. Dallas is pretty lucky that the Travis, Tr Travis Frederick loss won't hit them too hard because they have such a good O-line. At number 17, I have Aaron Jones. He had 236 attempts for 1,084 rushing yards. He led the league in touchdowns at 16, and on the receiving end, he had 49 receptions, 400. 74 receiving yards and was also first in league in rush slash receiving touchdowns combined with 19. He was a two-time NFC player of the week in weeks five and 18. Um, funny story about um, my fantasy league last year um, in week five when Aaron Jones had four touchdowns and over 170 all-purpose yards I was playing a guy in our league that had not got a win yet so I don't want to. I don't want to be that guy to lose to the guy who hasn't won yet. So, um, so Aaron Jones ended up getting like fifty points, and I think my kicker like clutched out and got me like three on Monday Night Football, and I won or something like that. Um, shout out Alex, but um, yeah, that was that was a scary moment because no one wants to be that guy. At sixteen, I have Saquon Barkley. In thirteen games, he put up two hundred and seventeen attempts. 1,003 rushing yards, 6 rushing touchdowns, 52 receptions, 435 receiving yards, 8.4 yards per reception, and he was the NFC Offensive Player of the Week in Week 16. It's hard to watch him torch my Redskins twice a year. Um, even though he missed three weeks with an injury, he was still one of the best running backs in the league and is definitely the New York Giants' best player. Third consecutive running back I have... Cleveland Brown, Nick Chubb. He had 298 attempts for 1,494 rushing yards, which put him second in the league and had five yards per attempt and eight touchdowns. He was also second in the league in rush yards per game with 93.4. He was a pro bowler and was a lethal part of that Browns offense, even while sharing reps with another very good running back in Kareem Hunt. If uh, Baker Mayfield can figure out some things um, this Browns offense has potential to be absolutely insane. They already are insane on paper, 
but it's a matter of fact if they can do it on the field as well. At number 14, I have Saints quarterback Drew Brees. He only played 11 games this year, and Brees managed to still put up great numbers. He held the league in completion percentage, as he usually does, with 74.3%, um, 2,997 passing yards, and only played 11 games and was still top 10 or top 5 in passing touchdowns at 27. Only four interceptions, and he was the NFC Player of the Month for the month of December. Breeze was also second in the league in passer rating at six at 116.3 rating. He was a pro bowler at the beginning of the season. Breeze was my pick to win MVP. Obviously, that didn't happen with Lamar Jackson coming out of nowhere. But, um, and Breeze obviously getting injured for five-ish games. So, yeah, Drew Breeze, 14. 13, I have newly acquired Arizona Cardinals player DeAndre Hopkins. He only missed one game and still managed insane stats with 104 receptions, which put him top three in the league, 1,165 receiving yards, a career low in yards per reception at 12.2, which is still very good, obviously. Elite company. 12 touchdowns and one two-point conversion and a 69.3 catch percentage. He was a pro bowler and an all-pro member Hopkins has been a stud since his rookie year, and I think he'll continue that with Kyler, um, Kenyon, and all those guys up there in Arizona. It'll be weird seeing him in an Arizona jersey, though. Um, he'll keep the red with him, but, I mean, moving from uh, Houston to Arizona shouldn't be too bad. The weather's, I like to think, pretty similar, but we'll see how he does. I'm sure he'll do great, though. At number 12, I have David Bakhtiari, offensive tackle for the Green Bay Packers. He played 100% of snaps this season, which accumulated to 1,075 overall. He did have a few more penalties than most guys on this list. Um, his most committed penalty is holding, but he had zero offside penalties. And according to Pro Football Focus, Bakhtiari was the second best pass-blocking offensive tackle in the league. Hence why Aaron Rodgers puts up incredible passing stats. Uh, no jab to Aaron Rodgers. He's absolutely incredible. He's had, he's been a mauler since he came into the league. He was a pro bowler this year. Um, Bakhtiari was underrated on draft day in 2014 when he was taken in round four. And despite being an offensive tackle, um, top three in the league, I'd say, um, I still think he's vastly underrated by many. Just missing out on my top 10, I have Aaron Rodgers. He had a 62% completion percentage, 4,002 passing yards, and 26 passing touchdowns, and four interceptions. He was first in the league in passing in pass interception percentage at 0.7%. He was also a Pro Bowler and Week 7's NFC Offensive Player of the Week. He also had the most completions beyond 40 yards downfield with six. Very unfortunate that the organization didn't give him any receiver help, because putting up these stats with only having Devontae Adams is very, very impressive. So imagine what they could do with a real quality wide receiver too, like a like a Stephon Diggs or a Christian Kirk, or even like a um like a lesser known, well known guy like Deontay Johnson or John Brown. I think they could do incredible things. Possibly even a Super Bowl. Starting out my top ten, I have New Orleans Saints offensive tackle Ryan Ramchick. 
He was my number one rated offensive tackle. He played every game and 1,058 snaps and only four penalties committed. He allowed zero sacks on 613 pass blocking snaps this season. Drew Brees also had the lowest sack percentage in the league at 3.08. And since entering the league in 2017, the New Orleans Saints have allowed the fewest sacks in the league. Big help or big thanks to Brian Ramchick. Like I said earlier, the young trio of Ramchick, McCoy, and Armstead will be one of the best in the league for years to come. Ryan Ramchick was a big help in making Breeze, Thomas, and Kamara one of the best trios in the league last year. At the number 9 spot, I have wide receiver Julio Jones. He wasn't getting double teamed as often this season because of Ridley's breakout season, but he was still going up some pretty good corners like Peterson, Ramsey, Griffin, Lattimore twice a year. Um, and he managed 99 receptions, 1,394 yards, which put him second in the league, 14.1 yards per reception, and six touchdowns. And he also had 92.9 yards per game. He was first in the league in yards per touch, which is rushing yards plus receiving yards per opportunity. In my opinion, he's the most talented wide receiver and best wide receiver I've ever been able to watch. Reminder, I am in high school and only 16, so I didn't get to see the Jerry's or the Mosses or anything like that. At number eight, I have another wide receiver, and that is Chris Godwin from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He did miss two games, but was still a top three wide receiver last year. With sharing targets with another top 10 receiver and having a quarterback with 30 interceptions, he managed to haul in 86 receptions. 1,333 receiving yards, which put him top three in the league. 15.5 yards per reception, nine touchdowns, and he was also second in the league in receiving yards per game at 95.2. What I didn't realize is that he had a pretty solid and underrated 2019 with Tampa Bay. Um, he had over 800 yards and seven touchdowns. Just thought I should share. Um, Godwin was the definition of a breakout star this season. He was a pro bowler and a first-team All-Pro wide receiver. At number seven, I have Tennessee Titans running back, Derrick Henry. Even though he missed one game, and he led the league in a lot of categories, including attempts at 303, rush yards with 1,530, rushing touchdowns at 16, and rush yards per game at 102.7. He was also top five in rush yards per attempt at 5.1. After that 99-yard run in 2018 against the Jacksonville Jaguars, some switch in Henry's mind must have been flipped. Um, hasn't been the same since that run. Henry pretty much single-handedly defeated the Ravens in round two of the playoffs. I think it's got to be the dreaded ponytail. I think that's where he gets all his power from. At number six, I have Colts offensive lineman Quentin Nelson, who is my number one rated offensive guard and offensive lineman overall. In only two years in the league, he's already made two Pro Bowls and two first-team All-Pro teams. Pretty good start to a career, if you'd ask me. He played 97% of snaps this year and allowed zero sacks on 559 pass-blocking snaps. The Colts offensive line before 2018 was considered among the worst in the league, and now in 2020, they're considered among the best in the league, and are probably top five right now, and widely due to Nelson's leadership and raw talent. 
Starting off the top five, I have quarterback from the Seahawks, Russell Wilson. He's never missed a game in his 128-game career. Absolute Iron Man of a player, especially at the quarterback position. 341 attempts this year for a 66.1 completion percentage, 4,110 yards, 31 passing touchdowns, and only 5 interceptions. A career best in first downs at 190. He was first in the league in game-winning drives at 5, and first in the league in fourth quarter comebacks with 4. He was also sacked the most times in the league with 48 times, which makes these statistics just that much more impressive. Wilson was the NFC Player of the Week for Weeks 2 and 9. He was a very adaptable quarterback to a bad offensive line and new receivers like DK Metcalf. He made him a top three rookie wide receiver and a blocking tight end and Will Disley look like a top five tight end in the league when he's healthy. Wilson has not been one of the best in the league, but also one of the most fun players in the watch since he joined Seattle in his rookie season. He was also a Pro Bowl selection this year. In the number four spot, I have Saints wide receiver Michael Thomas, who comes out to be my number one rated wide receiver. He was the Offensive Player of the Year this year, an NFC Player of the Month for November, first-team All-Pro wide receiver, and a Pro Bowler. He set a new NFL record for receiving uh, for receptions at 149. He was first in the league in reception yards at 1,725. He was also first in the league in reception um, yards per game at 107.8, a 85.5 catch percentage, and 91 first downs. Thomas caught the league by storm in his rookie year and hasn't slowed down since. As a matter of fact, he's only been improving. I would be super scared as a corner or safety um, playing against Thomas next season. Number three, my number one rated running back and should have been Offensive Player of the Year, Christian McCaffrey running back for the Carolina Panthers. On 287 attempts, he had 1,387 rushing yards, 15 rushing touchdowns, 4.8 yards per rush, and one two-point conversion. Now onto the other part of McCaffrey's game, the receiving end. He had 116 receptions for 1,005 receiving yards, and four receiving touchdowns, and an 81.7 catch percentage. Um, he was first in the league in rush and receiving touchdowns combined at a total of 19. He was first in the league in scrimmage yards at 2,392, which put him third all-time in the NFL. And finally, he had the most touches at 403. McCaffrey was the September NFC Player of the Month, a Pro Bowler, and first-team All-Pro running back. Christian proved himself as a top two running back in the league this past season and was also definitely the fantasy football MVP. If he continues this domination, he could go down as one of the best dual threat running backs to ever play. At the number two spot, who's it going to be? Lamar or Mahomes? Lamar and the Homes. Put your predictions in now. It is Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson came home this season with the most valuable player award. Burt Bell Award winner, a Pro Bowler, All-Pro quarterback, a five-time AFC Offensive Player of the Week in Weeks 1, 9, 10, 12, and 15, and he was also the AFC Offensive Player of the Month in November. Now, after all those um, awards, onto the statistics. He had 200 
in 65 completions for a 66.1 completion percentage. 3,127 passing yards. He led the league in passing touchdowns with 36, six interceptions, and a league-leading touchdown percentage at 9%. On the rushing end, he had 179 rush attempts for 1,206 rushing yards, seven rushing touchdowns, and a league-leading 6.9 yards per attempt. Um, and only two slides. Um, I live in Maryland and go to school with plenty of Ravens fans, so they got me on the Lamar Jackson hype train as soon as he was drafted. Um, he was definitely my favorite player to watch in 2019-2020 NFL season. And finally, my number one overall player on the offensive side of the ball, my number one rated quarterback, Patrick Mahomes II. In 14 games, he put up 319 completions for a 65.9 completion percentage, 4,031 passing yards, 26 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, 2nd in the league in interception percentage at only 1%, and his playoff statistics are as followed. 72 completions, 64.3 completion percentage, 901 passing yards, 10 touchdowns, 2 interceptions, and just over 300 yards per game in the playoffs. He was the Offensive Player of the Month for September, AFC Player of the Week in Weeks 2 and 4, and he was also a Pro Bowler, a Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl Most Valuable Player, and only his second season being a starter, Mahomes has led his team to a Super Bowl victory. Not many quarterbacks can say that. And today, the day of the recording, he received the new deal with worth $503 million, $477 million guaranteed over 10 years, making him the highest paid player in the history of the National Football League. So, number one, Patrick Mahomes. Um... I think the stats and awards speak th speak for themselves. Um, so yeah, that's going to round up my list. Defensive list will start hopefully next week. Um, numbers 50 through 26. Uh, I'm not sure when that's going to come out. Sometime next week, I hope. But if you have made it this far and listened this far, I thank you. Be sure to follow my Instagram at Colt E23. That's at C O L T E 23. This has been Lunch Table Talk Podcast. Thank you for listening this far. I'll see you in the next episode.